when we looked at chapter 7, if you can recall, the Lord had us look at the last verse of chapter 6. The last verse of chapter 6, we see Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. It's a very emphatic um, word from God concerning Noah's walk with God. Noah simply didn't do something that the Lord told him to do. But he did everything that God commanded him to do. Wherever the Lord told him to, Noah did everything that God commanded him to do. Now there's a distinction that the Spirit of the Lord wants to make between people who do what God tells them to do and people who do everything that God tells them to do. Look at Saul, King Saul in the Old Testament, where God would speak through Prophet Samuel and God would tell King Saul to go and completely wipe out the Amalekites, including the king, because of what they did to the people of God. And God was very patient with Amalekites for a long time, long time. This is after God waiting for many, many years. He's passing this uh, judgment on the Amalekites. And God is choosing Saul to execute the will of God here. When God places us in certain places, there's a purpose with which God places us there. God placed Esther as a queen in that palace in Shushan, where King Ahasuerus was in order to execute his will. God placed Noah during his lifetime where he was with a commission from God to execute his will. God brought Saul and made him the king when the people wanted king. God chose Saul in order to execute God's will. When God chooses us, He chooses us with a purpose. He never chooses us just to choose us so that we can just be His chosen and have a, a title saying that, oh, I'm a chosen generation, royal priesthood, and just, just do nothing. Or just do our own thing. He chooses us to do His will. In John 15, we see, Jesus says that very clearly. I've chosen you. What is the purpose? In order for you to bear fruit. I've chosen you for the purpose. When God chooses us, He chooses us with a purpose. There's a definite purpose there. That means we are called to fulfill that purpose of God. And when that purpose of God is accomplished... God's goal 
So choosing us is met, is accomplished. And that completion of that work of God that God expects a person to do, it depends on the individual to whom God gives that task. So with Saul, God gave him a job to do. And the job was to execute the judgment of God upon a people who were so wicked, so wicked, just like the people who lived during Noah's time. God gave a commission through the prophet to Saul. Saul went. Saul did something. And he even came to Samuel, the prophet. And when the prophet knew that he didn't fully obey, he didn't fully do what God told him to do, which was disobedience. Saul comes to Samuel and he says, I did what the Lord, your God, told me to do. It's a lie. Disobedience to God will beget lies. When we disobey God, the spirit of lie will lead disobedient people. Because the Bible says, the God of this world is the leader of the children of disobedience. And who leads them? The one who rebelled against God Almighty. You can call him disobedience. Father of lies, father of disobedience. So when a person disobey the voice of the Holy Spirit, the word of God that comes to them, at that point, what also will enter in, spirit of lie will enter in. They have the door open. Disobedience is like the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. Prophet Samuel, through the Spirit of God, looked at Saul. He said, what have you done? He was quite upset. That means God was quite upset. And as a result of that, what happened? What he had to do, he didn't do. What God wants to accomplish, God will accomplish. He caused the prophet to do the job that the king should have done. Prophet Samuel was not a warrior. He was not a king. He was not called to do that job. But when the job was not done, God had the prophet do it himself. Who lost 
the privilege of fulfilling the call of God upon his life, it was King Saul. What was taken away from him? The kingdom. The purpose with which God places us in a place is for us to do what God has called us to do. When we don't do what God has called us to do, when we live in disobedience, we will live a lie at that point. When we live a lie in a life of disobedience, what God has given to us will be removed from us. This is why Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation says this, Repent and do your first works quickly, otherwise I will come and remove your candlestick away from you. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. I was only going to do the review according to the Lord's direction, but God has intervened and He is speaking at this hour, so we must listen. Obedience is obedience when a person does exactly what God has told them to do without modifying, without adding, without subtracting, without multiplying, without dividing. Obedience is obedience when a person does everything that the Lord has told him to do. Think about it. Are you in rebellion or are you in obedience to God? Whatever God has told you to do, are you doing? If you're not, then God's truth will not lead you. It's very interesting to see how the Lord ended the message on the third. God will not speak further if you don't do what God has told you to do. When the task that was given is completed, then he will tell you what you knew what you need to do next. That obedience is very important. If we don't obey God, the voice of the Lord will stop speaking to us and the voice of Lucifer will lead us. There's a warning to our church this hour. If we don't listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will cease speaking to His people. And then, the false spirit, it's called the demonic spirit that transforms himself into an angel of light, that white serpent, that wolf that comes in sheep's clothing. Lucifer will come and speak, just like God, but it's not God's voice. He will come and deceive you very easily. He'll take you down very quickly. He'll keep you in a false sense of spiritual high. He will make you think like you are something else when you're not. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. If you want to keep yourself safe from the snare of the enemy, from this spirit of delusion, then it's very important to obey God his voice 100% whatever God tells you to do do it 
Saul lost his kingdom. He lost his kingdom. Because the purpose with which why God placed him there was not fulfilled. There's no need for Saul to be sitting there anymore. God's grace is given to us in order for us to fulfill the will of God. If we don't do the will of God, then there's no point in us having the grace of God. Very similar to pride. When pride comes in, the grace of God will be removed from our lives. When disobedience comes in, the grace of God will also be removed from our lives because we're not making use of the grace in order to obey Him. Because the grace of God comes to empower a person to say no to sin. When that grace comes, when we make the choice opposite to what the grace has been given for, then that grace will be removed from our lives. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. May the fear of the Lord fall upon our church to preserve our church, to protect our church, and to promote every single person who's here to doing more of the work of God. He who is faithful in the little that has been given to him will be given more because God can trust him or her. Why? Because he was a good servant. What is a good servant or who is a good servant? A servant is someone who follows direction, who takes orders from the master. That means he doesn't add, he doesn't subtract, he doesn't multiply, he doesn't divide. He doesn't do anything other than what the master commands him to do. 100%. When you look at Noah's life, whatever God told him to do, he did. Exactly the way God told him to do. No deviation, no deviation whatsoever. It's because of that, God blessed him more. Because of that, the next steps that God had for Noah were revealed to him. If you want God to take us further, if you want God to take you further, you must be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Obeying God in some areas and rebelling in some of the areas will bring delusion. It will bring delusion. That's what Saul did. He obeyed in some areas and he disobeyed in the other areas. Who cares if Pastor says this? Who cares if Samuel says this? Who is Prophet Samuel, by the way? That attitude when that comes in, I don't have to do it. I don't have to do everything. That Samuel says, I can keep Agag alive. Well, that is to feed his own pride. And what did that do? Brought him down, all the way down 
spiritually down in every way, down. He lost his earthly possession and he lost his heavenly possession. Everything that God had for him, all the blessings were gone. They all, they're all interconnected. Because the earthly blessing came from the hands of the king of kings who had a purpose for this man to fulfill God's eternal purposes. Always remember, you're part of God's design, God's grand design. As long as we fulfill His plan, we will be part of His grand design. When that when that plan that God has in one area is not working out, God will try to see. And He will give some time, like He says in the Word, Jesus said this, some more time, Lord, give some more time, three more years for the tree. Some more time. And then what happens? The tree is removed. Because God's plan must continue. God replaced Saul with David. God will get his work done. He's not going to fight with man forever. This is what God told. That I will not strive with man forever. That means he strove with him for a while. Tell him, if I tell you something, simply do it. In Noah's life we see there's no deviation. No deviation. No deviation. Whatever God told him to do, he did it. And how God would have been so happy when he recorded verse 22 in chapter 6 of Genesis. Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. What a great statement from God Almighty about Noah. If God calls you tonight and you have to stand before God, will you stand with a clear conscience? Will you be able to stand before God and say, Lord, I did everything that you told me to do, all the counsel that I got. I'm doing all of that. Will God be able to look at you and will God be able to say that you have done everything that I told you to do? There's a question every single person must answer. Because disobedience will bring in lies. Disobedience will beget lies. That's what happened to Saul. He disobeyed what God told him to do. That's presumptuous sin. When you say, this is what God has told me to do, but I will not do it, you're defying the living God at that point. I don't have to do it. 
I can offer sacrifice my own way. Why should I wait for Samuel? Samuel is late anyway. He's not keeping his time. He didn't keep his appointment. Look at all the people who are waiting. Suddenly they become bigger than God. Who is that? Who is leading at that point? Not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, when He leads us, He will lead us according to His divine order. If God had Samuel to come and offer the sacrifice, everybody must wait. The servant of God is delayed. That means God is over that delay. Everybody must wait. What happened? Presumptuous sin came in because of disobedience, arrogance, pride. Why should I listen? Why should he be the one to do it? Why can't I do it? Made him lose his earthly inheritance and eternal inheritance. You must be very careful. Know your place in the kingdom of God. Learn to obey whatever God tells you to do through whomever God has placed above you. It will be your blessing. Saul lost everything. Not because he didn't go and fight. Not because he didn't kill some of the Amalekites. No. Because he did not do what God told him to do. God didn't tell him to just go fight and do what, whatever you want to do and return back home. No. That's not what God said. But he was very content and very happy very happy in his state of disobedience. Look how dull that conscience became. Look how much in delusion he was. Look how much room he had given to the devil. When the word of the Lord came to him so clearly, Saul, this is what you should be doing. This is what you should do. And that counsel came from the prophets. What did he do? He said, I'm doing. I'm doing what you told me to do. I have done what you told me to do. Did he really do it? Is the question. Did he really do it? When God calls you to do something, when God has told you to do something, make sure you did it. When you don't do it, you open yourself up for disaster a spiritual disaster followed by the earthly disaster that will happen it's just a matter of time it's just a matter of time obedience to the voice of God is not an option
and saying that I do, I have, I am before God, obeying, obeyed, will be a lie if we do our own thing. When God gives a command, He expects us to do it. If God has given a counsel, it's not only for our protection, but it's something that God expects us to do it. He is the boss. He is the ruler. He accomplishes His plan. God, considering us and making us part of his plan is a privilege, a great privilege. And God places us in his kingdom. It's not to fill some space, but it's with a purpose. Every single person is called to fulfill that purpose of God. It's very important to take what God has given the counsel, the instruction God has given and to do it the way God has told us to do. Not our own way. Oh, I got the counsel from the prophet and and yeah, I went to battle and you know I fought and I did all of that and, and look at all the victory I got for Israel. Well, we must understand we got nothing. Victory came from God. What did you do after that? Got proud? What did you do after that? Disobeyed God. That's what Saul did. Victory came from God. As long as he was doing what God told him to do, God gave the victory. After the victory, what did he do? Why did God give the victory? Not to boost Saul's ego. No. God gave the victory because it was concerning His people. God gave the victory because it was concerning His name. God gave the victory because it was part of God's plan. Always understand there's a big picture in the kingdom of God. The big picture of God, the big picture, the big plan that God has, God is very much concerned about that. We're all separate people placed in different places to contribute towards that. Wherever God places us, we're called to fulfill that purpose. That's why He places us in different places. And He expects us to obey Him. So what is obedience? Next time when you think about obedience, you have to have this in mind. And I pray, may the Spirit of God take this deep into your spirit. The Lord spoke to me. He said, I want my people to know the depths of obedience. We can hear, obey, 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 obey. What is obedience? What is obedience? Obedience is not doing some of what God has told us to do. No. Obedience is exactly doing what God has told us to do 
and doing it when God expects us to get done. Obedience is doing what God has told us to do. Exactly the way He's told us to do. When? When He tells us to do, we should do it. That means if He says, do it now, that means it's not do it tomorrow. That means do it now. You look at Abraham. When God told Abraham to take Isaac to offer him as a burnt offering, that was the first thing he did in the morning. After he heard from God, that was the first thing he did in the morning. That's what you call obedience. He did exactly what God told him to do. Went exactly where he should have. Laid his son on the altar. Thereby he laid himself on the altar. It was his heart right there on the altar. He just laid everything there. That's what obedience is. Whatever God told Noah to do, he did everything. Everything exactly the way God told him to do. He didn't come and say, well, Lord, you understand why I wasn't able to fulfill your task. God will say, well, you can't do it? Okay. I'll have somebody get it done. God's work needs to go forward. That's what God is concerned about. All the more. And every blessing that God blesses us with, understand this. It's not just for our personal benefit. No. Everything is geared towards the kingdom of God. Whatever God blesses us with, it plays a part in the grand plan of God. Yes, God loves us. Yes, God wants to prosper us, but we have to understand it's not all about us. It's about the kingdom of God. The purpose of God for us in fulfilling the plan of God in the kingdom of God must be fulfilled by every person whom God has chosen to be a part of His plan. May God help us to understand this. We don't want to be like Saul. We want to be like Noah. We don't want to be like Saul. We want to be like Samuel. Obedience is doing everything that God has called us to do. When we don't do everything that God has called us to do, we will be led by not the Holy Spirit. We'll be led by the false spirit, pseudo-spirit, not the Holy Spirit, a false spirit. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. Whatever God has told you to do, make sure you're doing it. Make sure you're doing it with utmost reverence before God. Make sure you're doing it thoroughly. Make sure you're following everything that God has given into your hands. Make sure 
You don't fall into the trap that Saul fell into. Make sure. Make sure. Make sure that you follow the footsteps of the prophet Samuel. Follow the footsteps of Noah, the righteous man. Then, then, we will be part of God's plan. Fulfilling the plan of God. Bringing glory and honor to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. May God help you to understand. May God help you to understand the importance of obedience and also the depths of obedience. What true obedience is. Obeying God in some things and disobeying God in other things will not cause you to please God. Will cause you to fall into a snare. Because disobedience is rebellion. Rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. Why won't demons come? Why won't demons lead? Why won't demons speak? If we don't heed to the voice of the Holy Spirit, evil spirits will lead. Mark my words as the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to our hearts at this hour. If we don't heed to the voice of the Holy Spirit and be presumptuous in our ways, then the evil spirits will come and lead. Evil spirits will come and lead. We have to be very careful. Very careful. Samson was going all over. Hey, I got victory here. I don't obey God here. What was happening? Presumptuously he was sinning. What was happening inside of him? His inner eyes were losing sight. Until he became blind fully. To the point where the Holy Spirit left him. And who led him? Evil spirit. And you don't heed to the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey Him 100%. The Spirit of ever will lead you. The Spirit of life will lead you. When you don't heed the voice of the Holy Spirit and live in a state of rebellion, rebellious spirits will lead you. That's not the Holy Spirit. When you finish a given task, then God will give you a new task. When you obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, then the Spirit of the Lord will speak more. 
what happened to Samson? He couldn't hear from God anymore. How can we hear from God if we are living in disobedience? That's a warning. It is very important to examine your heart before the Lord. If you're not able to hear God, you should examine your hearts before the living God and say, Lord, I want to pull out every tear, every weed, every thorny, every useless plant that is there, that is choking my life out. I want to pull everything out. Bring out everything that is unclean. Before that uncleanness can drown you. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit that is coming to you at this hour. Take it very seriously. Examine yourselves in the presence of God. Either there will be a silence or false spirits will speak and lead you. Be very careful. If disobedience is there, God will not lead you. Understand this very clearly. Disobedience is rebellion. Disobedience to God is rebellion against God. And it is like witchcraft. As it will invite demonic spirits. God speak to our hearts at this hour. Samson was not led by God was not led by the Spirit of God beyond a certain point. He didn't even know that the Holy Spirit left him. He didn't even know. What happened? He was led by evil spirits to Delilah's house. What does Samson have to do in Delilah's house? Evil spirit led him to Delilah's house. Evil spirits led him to Delilah's lap. Blind men, spiritually, what a pathetic state. Oh, Samson, you are not called to be a blind man. God gave you vision. God gave you supernatural vision. What happened? How did he lose everything? God gave all of that in order to fulfill his plan. Part of the great grand plan of God. Samson was a person created by God to fulfill his task in God's great plan. What happened? What happened? Disobedient presumptuous sin caused the Spirit of God to withdraw from him. Because who was waiting to lead him? Evil spirits. Evil spirits came because he gave room for rebellious spirits. When you give room for disobedience, which is a demonic spirit in itself, which comes as a result of pride, 
Some pride will say, I want to do my own thing. Why should I do what the Prophet said? Why should I do? Why should I obey? I'll do it my own way. And what happens? Presumption comes. When presumptuous sin comes, when that disobedient demon comes in, the Bible calls all those who disobey as the children of disobedience. Disobedience is a demon. All all those who disobey are called the children of disobedience. When the disobedience comes in, everything comes in. All of the demons, they come in. Let them straight into captivity. His outer eyes, Samson's blindness, physical blindness, was a reflection of his spiritual blindness. Many times parallels will happen like that in the lives of many people. Something external will happen but it's a reflection of what's happening on the inside. He lost his vision on the inside and he got his eyes plucked out on the outside. It never happened to anyone in our church. Be very careful. Obedience is not an option. Obedience is a must if we want to live. For obedience is faith. Faith is obedience. True faith will obey. How will it obey? It will obey everything that God has told them to do. In your life, examine your life before God this day. Have I obeyed God in everything? Every counsel that the Spirit of God gave to me. Have I obeyed God in everything? Do I have rebellious spirit inside of me? Am I a child of disobedience? Or am I walking in obedience to the living God? Noah obeyed God in everything. That is the reason why he went into the ark. If he would have done the ark his own way, he wouldn't have gotten into the ark. He would have died in the flood with the rest of the people. He did everything God told him to. God Almighty in all His wisdom gave the specifications for the ark. And He did all of that. In the midst of much opposition, He did all of that. You see Noah, man who was dead to self, alive to God. An Old Testament saint living by the principles of the New Testament. What a gem. What a gem. What a Bible character that we can admire and follow. What a man. What a man. What a man of God. 
What a man of faith. What a man that heaven adores. God's people adore. A man who knew who his God was. And that's why he was able to obey him in all things. He had the godly fear. If we have true faith in God, we will have the true fear of God. When we have true faith in God, we will truly obey God. When we have true faith in God, we will truly have the fear of God. Because who is God? Who is He? Jesus said this in one sentence. Fear Him who is able to destroy both your body and your soul in hell. He has such power. If we have that fear, we won't fear men. Jesus said, don't fear men. Because God who sees you, He can destroy both your body and your soul in hell. That healthy fear of God should be there. In the lives of every single person. Don't let the enemy lead you down the path. Saul walked and ended. Don't let the enemy lead you down the path of rebellion and disobedience. As rebellion and disobedience brought forth lies. Before the servant of God, he stood and he said, I did everything that God told me to do. I'm doing good spiritually, Samuel. What are you talking about? Unbelievable, isn't it? Standing before a prophet, trying to cover up and lie. He even lost his senses to even know that God shows his heart to the prophet. So what's happening? The presumption is getting bigger and bigger. He's becoming more and more bold in lying. Before who? The prophet. Who is the prophet who carries the anointing of God? He's lying before God Almighty. That's what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. When they lied before Peter, Peter said, How is it that you lied to the Holy Spirit? We must be very careful. These are lessons that God has in His Word that we really have the real fear of God upon our lives. The Bible says the fear of the Lord will keep us. It'll keep us. The fear of the Lord will keep us. What will keep us? The fear of the Lord will keep us. It'll keep us alive. It'll keep us from falling. The fear of the Lord will flourish us. We must have the fear of the Lord. Healthy fear. It's not like the mushy kind of fear that people talk about. Oh, it's just some reverence. Oh no. Oh no. This God is so big, He can destroy both our soul and our body in hell. Every time, every time, we fear man, 
and we despise God, we need to have the healthy fear that God can kill both my soul and my body in hell. I better not fear man and lie. Every time your feet goes towards the wrong way, you need to have the healthy fear that this God whom I've entered the covenant with through baptism is watching me. He's watching my steps. I better not play harlot. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Be in or be out. Be hot or be cold. Don't be in the middle for God will spew you out. This is the voice of the Lord that is coming to us this morning. Have that healthy fear of God. Have that healthy fear of God. Have that healthy fear of God. That will keep us to the very end. Day by day, that will keep us to the very end. Very end. Very end. To the very end. May God speak to our hearts this morning. Noah obeyed because he had healthy fear. Because of godly fear, he built the ark. He believed in what God said. And he said, I will do this because I know this God is real, this God is bigger than anything I've ever seen. And I better do this. It's good to have that fear. We're living in the last days where we have people who say that, oh, you don't have to have that fear and that fear is not good. and It's demonic talk. Jesus said, fear God was able to destroy your body and your soul in hell. That's not some kind of mushy talk there. The Bible says, Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Fear the Lord and keep His commandments. Those are not mushy talk there. May God help us to understand the dread of God. For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is love, but He's a consuming fire. He didn't talk to the unbelievers. He looked at the seven churches. He didn't talk to the unbelievers, but He talked to His people. I'm coming, I'm coming quickly to remove that candlestick. You better repent. These are the words of the God of love, the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine how His heart was so heavy, burning with zeal and anger towards the disobedient children or the children of disobedience. God is speaking to our hearts today. God is calling for thorough repentance in this month of cleansing. What God has spoken to us 
we must be worthy of inheriting the promises of God. We must be worthy of entering into the ark of God. Somebody had sent this before. I actually took a screenshot of that and I saved it as the Lord wanted me to. I just want to read a couple of lines there before we wrap up for today so that you know what is true and what is not what is right and what is wrong what is good and what is evil that's the job of a servant of God this is what I read the Lord did not check who inside the house was worthy he checked for the blood on the doorpost none of us is worthy only the blood of Jesus can cover us I want to read it again the Lord did not check who inside the house was worthy he checked for the blood on the doorpost none of us is worthy only the blood of Jesus can cover us what a twist here those people who were inside and who had the blood on the doorpost had to do what God had told them to do by faith in what God commanded they obeyed the voice of God that came through Moses and they did what they were told to do they had to completely obey that means put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and eat bitter herbs the angel of death is going to pass by they believed in the word of God that came through Moses that the angel of death is really going to pass by how did they become worthy they became worthy by obeying God that's how God knew who was worthy that was the sign are you obeying or not it's not some ritual that you put some paint on the door or so sprinkle some blood of the lamb on the door how do you become worthy become worthy by faith in God Almighty what is faith faith is obedience to whatever God tells you to do next time you hear faith anywhere you hear faith anytime you read the word faith always know faith is obedience to whatever God has told us to do every command everything God has told us to do we need to make sure we do it it's not optional it's necessary for us to gain eternal life it's not optional it's necessary for us to win the spiritual warfare it's not optional it's necessary if we want to live spiritually may God speak to our hearts at this hour with what we heard on Noah during our fasting for days may this word God may this word that God has given to us this morning take our church deeper 
deeper in the river of the Word of God for deeper cleansing. That every single person examine themselves in the presence of God at this hour to really see whether I'm in the faith or not. The Bible says, let every person examine themselves to see if they are in the faith or not. How do you examine yourself to see if you're in the faith? By simply saying, I believe in Jesus? No. Are you obeying God or not? That's how you examine yourself. Look at everything that God has spoken to you, all the things that the Lord has told you to do. Are you doing it? Are you fully doing it? Have you fully done it? That's how you know if you're in or you're out. Very easy, isn't it? Very easy. We don't need an angel of God to come and tell us where we stand. God has given us a very beautiful plumb line to measure the Word of God. A very beautiful ruler to measure if we are crooked or straight. The Word of God measures us where we stand before God. Go before God and see if you're doing everything that God has told you to do. Whether you're like Saul or you're like Samuel. And telling God, Lord, I'm doing everything that you told me to do and are you still in disobedience? Don't lie to God. Saul who disobeyed, lied, whose sin was like witchcraft, ended up before a witch. That's what Satan will do. A man who was called of God, a man who the Spirit of God came upon, a man whom God trusted and gave him a job to do. Ended up not doing what God called him to do. As a result of that, his seat was given to someone else. Don't let anyone take your crown. Make sure you're in and not out. Make sure you know where you stand. Make sure you're hot and not lukewarm or cold. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. 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 Our victories or blessings cannot define our standing with God. They do not. Saul won the battle. And he even brought some things with him, which God told him, don't bring. God didn't stop him from bringing 
He got what he wanted to get. He was so happy. Hey, God gave me the victory. Look, I have the king even with me. Look at all the sheep and look at all the spoil that we have. All while in total rebellion. It was just a matter of time before the kingdom was gone. He was being happy about some spoil, some victory, but disobedience cost the call of God that God had for Saul. Disobedience cost his call. God is warning our church this morning. Don't be complacent. Don't become casual. Be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, is going around looking to see whom he may devour. Don't be one of those. Don't be one of those people whom the devil devours. Don't be one of those become casualties every single day somebody's going down the drain every single day not just unbelievers that's not part of the calculation at all believers believers the warning comes to the believers be sober be vigilant that means be obedient to your adversary the devil the enemy is going around. He's assessing you through and through to see all the open doors, all the areas of rebellion. He says, I got this area. I got that area. I'm here. I'm sitting in here, in this place. I'm sitting in this territory. I'm ruling. It's just a matter of time before I can capture you totally and take you down. Don't give him an inch. Don't give him an inch. If you want Satan out of your life, you must submit to God, which equals obey him in everything. Only those who obey God in everything will have the power to resist the devil. Only to such people will the devil submit and leave. When you submit to God, Satan will submit to you. When you submit to God, which means when you obey God fully, then you will have the power to resist the devil and Satan will flee at you, at your command. Because it's Lord God who is ruling over you. Not because of you. Because of the God you're obeying. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for the sobering word that you gave at an unexpected time. Thank you for your spirit who has spoken to us this morning. I pray that the Spirit of God may continue to take this Word of God deeper into the hearts of the people. That they may examine themselves before you.
fully, thoroughly examine themselves before your Father. That the real fear of the Lord may grip the hearts of your people so that they may stay in the straight and narrow path. That the fear of the Lord may keep them from being devoured by the enemy. That the fear of the Lord may grow them in the ways of the living God. And they too may become like Noah. Being kept by God, sustained by God. And elevated by God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this word, O oh Lord. I praise you, I praise you, I praise you. I commit your people into your hands. I pray may this word that you have released upon your people may take deep root, Father. May it bring forth much fruit, O Lord. Whatever you're looking for, I pray. May that be found in the lives of your people. In the name of Jesus. Let no one be like the fig tree that Jesus came and looked for fruit. But it showed itself as if it had fruit with a lot of leaves, but no fruit there. Let no hint of hypocrisy be seen anywhere in our church, in the name of Jesus. Continue to bless your people, Father. Strengthen them. Strengthen the inner man. O oh Lord, this day, may the Spirit of God rest upon your people, that they may be strengthened by the Lord and the power of his might to meditate upon this word that you have given this morning that any leaven anything that is displeasing to you may leave their hearts, their minds and their bodies this day they may truly examine themselves to see if they are in the faith and that they are not to do what they need to do in order to be in and not out. That not a single person, O Lord, depart from the faith. I pray for your blood to cover them, Lord. That they may live an obedient life before the Lord God Almighty. That their lives, O Lord, may become a true reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. His humility, His power, His compassion, His love, His forgiveness, His truth. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We obey. The fear of the Lord is being too afraid not to do what the Lord says to do. As the first part of the definition of the fear of the Lord in this regard, practically speaking. Sometimes we can quote the scriptures, but to translate it into our day-to-day lives, sometimes we need it broken down. The second definition of the fear of the Lord is being too afraid to do what the Lord said not to do. Once again, the term 
fear. Many people associated with the term phobia that has a negative connotation. They think about some irrational or extreme fear or even hatred. And it has its origin. You trace it from the English to the Latin to the Greek. In the Greek New Testament, it's the phobos, which means alarm. It means exceeding fear, even terror. The fear of the Lord is what the people felt at the base of Mount Sinai when the Lord came down in glory. And God said, I'm coming here this day I've come to prove whether you listen to me or not. That's why I've come in this way. Moses communicated that to the people. God loves us too much to let us go on in our ways as we heard today picking and choosing what we'll do, when we'd like to do it. God is not a user-friendly God. Christianity is not a user-friendly religion. It is the truth. One day, every human being will be judged by the truth. Beginning at the house of God, judgment will commence. And so God has spoken to us, to each and every one of us. Hallelujah. We must think this. God has delivered his word through his servant, through his messenger. She did not originate the message. It came from God. And it's because God loves us, because he sees the message is needed. That's another thing we need to recognize. God has seen that the message is needed. So for me and for every one of us, we need to understand, Lord, Noah moved with godly fear, and so he built the ark. And he saved eight people, including himself, by obedience to God. The blood on the doorposts of the Israelites, as we heard during the Passover, when the angel of death came and that angel of death passed over, did not strike the houses that had the blood of the lamb. They followed meticulous instructions exactly how to do it. What kind of lamb? On what day? And where to put that blood? Those people were separated from the rest of the Egyptians. They were consecrated to God. And that's why the Lord looked at the blood and he saw one-to-one -one correlation. The blood accomplished the purpose because the hearts of the people had faith and they obeyed. That's why it's important to note, as we heard this morning, the blood of Jesus will only work for those who fear God and obey Him. It will not work for anyone else. We are unworthy of ourselves to earn salvation, but the Lord draws us closer so we can be made worthy, and the worth comes through His gift of grace, through his gift of faith that has to be activated by my volition or my will. Once I do that, I prove myself worthy of the worthiness that he has given me as a gift. That's exactly the teaching of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. That's why, just as in Exodus, when the Lord says, Moses said, Lord, if you're not going to spare these rebellious people, please just blot me out of your book. The Lord says, I'm not going to blot you out of my book. But I will blot those people who have sinned against me. 
Fast forward to the Revelation, the Lord says this, I will not blot out the names of the people who essentially are faithful and obedient to me. Flaky will leave, the faithful will cleave. Those who are unreliable, those who are unworthy of God's gift, those who trash God's commandments, they pick and choose, just like we pick and choose anything else in life. The Lord's wrath will come upon them. That's what the Bible teaches. But those who fear God like Noah, they're moved like the people in Israel at that time to do exactly what God said, they'll be safe. There'll be joy, rejoicing in the tents of the righteous. There'll be victory. Saul went out and he had a fake victory. The people danced and they celebrated and they worshipped the golden calf. They had fake joy. The people obeyed like Caleb and Joshua. They had real victory, tremendous peace and joy. We have to choose whether we will obey the Lord completely or we want to leave him. We were told and taught this morning that the demons will come upon people who have open doors. The fear of the Lord will help us to take action so there are no open doors. When there is personal ambition, when there is gossip, when one sister slanders another sister, when one brother slanders another brother, God is not only grieved, his anger rises up. Because not only is every human being made in the image of God, every believer has a restored image with a perfect new man on the inside created by God. And God takes action when he sees those things. That's why in the book of James it says, do not grudge one against another. Behold, the Lord is at the door. That's what James says by the Spirit. We have to be very careful when we say anything against any brother, any sister. If the Lord hears it and he sees it is a lie, then he'll say, you are not following me, you're following the father of lies. And he'll give us a chance, but we have to be quickly repentant. And other things that God catalogs, this is a practical application of what we heard we have to be a people who are moved with godly fear to say no to ungodliness and to do what God says to do so the fear of the Lord if anyone is wondering about what is this fear of the Lord this phobos of curios the Lord it is simply this I am too afraid not to do what the Lord told me to do. So I'm going to do it. I'm also too afraid within my bones to do what the Lord said not to do. Therefore, I will not do it. All through the New Testament, we have an excess of 1,000 commandments, instructions. Far more than the Old Testament. 
and what kind of gospel is being preached, how people are secure, I have the blood of Jesus and I can worship, I can say all kinds of things. God is looking for the heart behind the words and whether He is behind the words. As Pastor was said, every day someone's going down the drain. Every day. That's why the Spirit of God moves us time to time to speak what God says to speak, whether it's popular or not. Because God cares for the souls and so do we. God is good. The Lord will give us freedom. He'll give us victory. He'll give us everything we need. He'll shower us with his blessings, provided we know who we're dealing with. He's the Almighty God. He's our Heavenly Father. He's the God of love. God is love, the Bible says, but He's also a consuming fire. If we understand that concept, and if we have taken that into our lives, no matter what Christian says, what's okay, we'll fear the Lord and say, no, that's not okay. I don't care who it is. When it's contrary to the holiness that God expects from my life, no, I can't go to that movie. No, I don't want to be in movie theaters anymore. Why? Didn't you see the rating? And who made the rating? What kind of people go there? Am I going to come out any cleaner? Or am I going to come out dirtier and tempted? Our standard is God's standard. And there will be a narrow path that leads to heaven. A narrow path. All the gainsayers like in Noah's day all the people like Saul who compromised they may have their moments but once the door is shut as Jesus said people say let me in he'll say I don't know you but the people who fear the Lord they'll make sure just like people are very careful to pay their taxes very careful they don't want to get speeding ticket very careful about so many things we need to be careful more than anything else that we obey God's commandments, then we can save ourselves and our hearers. We can get our family into the ark. We won't be complaining and saying, well, they're not listening and it's too hard. When we have the fear of the Lord, we'll be like a city set on a hill, like a lamp on a lampstand. There will be a gravitation, unlike anything we've seen before. People will see the real fire and they'll know it's a holy fire. They'll be in awe. They can get saved. Praise the Lord. Anyone else who would like to pray, we can pray before we conclude.